You're listening to The Traveller's Podcast, a podcast for the over 30s who like to travel. You can follow our adventures, see our honest reviews, and get links to everything mentioned in this podcast at travellers.com. Hey, just a little quick one here. Um, When we were recording this episode, we kind of messed up a little bit on the audio settings. So uh, although Leanne sounds great, as she always does, then I sound really, I sound like I'm about 60 meters away from the microphone. So I've tried to increase the volume of this, um, but um, I think we might end up, you might end up having to turn your volume up a little bit on this one. So apologies, should be back to normal in the next couple of episodes. Okay, welcome to series two, episode two, where we are, is our... Our first one that we're going to be doing in the Balkans, we are coming into, where are we, Leanne? We're in Slovenia. Slovenia, one of our favourite countries in the Balkans. I won't be kidding, they're all our favourite countries. Um, We first came here in 2017. Uh, We went to Lake Bled, which um, if you know anything about Slovenia, it's probably one of the most famous. And then we've been to Ljubljana, the capital, and then we've been to Maribor pretty much every single year since, I think. Mm, Yeah, we have. So what do we know about Slovenia? What did you know about Slovenia before we went? Like, why did we choose decide to go there? Hmm. You remember? I think that because I was a bit ignorant, I think my thought was that Slovenia and Slovakia were borders, and they were the same country. <laughs> um, I know that we were. I think we were coming down. Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know why we went there. I think it might actually just been the first stop heading east. Because we left, we left Spain in 2017. Well, we did a bit of travel around Spain, which we talked about already on, mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, and I think we kind of drove quickly through France and bypassed Italy, and went into Slovenia, which brings on to where Slovenia is, if mm. you're not sure. Mm. Um, so Slovenia is in Central Europe. Um, it's bordered by Italy. Um, Austria is north. Uh, Hungary to the northeast, and Croatia to the southeast. Um, it does have a coastline on the Adriatic Sea. Um, and in terms of size, it, I mean, I don't, it doesn't really mean much to me when I talk about square kilometres, but it might to you. Uh, it's 20,271. But what might make more sense is it's got a population of a little over 2 million, which is teeny tiny. The UK is. has, what, 64, 65 million? It's it's small. It feels like it's probably about a quarter the size of the UK, maybe a bit, maybe a bit smaller. It's uh, certainly not not a tiny tiny country, but it's just uh, it's very sparsely populated, and it's uh, um <coughs> definitely one of those countries that I think when you hear about it, you don't really know much about. No. And it can seem a little bit scary, like Serbia. I know when we first went to Serbia, we were all both a little bit not sure about what we were going to see. Um, but Slovenia is, if you've been to Croatia, then Slovenia is potentially even more westernized, if you can imagine, mm, Western yeah. Europe, than, uh, than Croatia. It's almost like, a, it's very, very similar to uh, Austria, um, which it borders, obviously, and uh, the Italy. other way. Mm, and Italy, yeah. Mm. And the other weird thing is that they have a lot of Italian, sort of, part of their language, they use Italian words, and they also u- they also speak um, sort of the... The language with a slight, particularly in the north of Slovenia, with a slight German accent. Yeah, yeah, they do. You can hear the the Austrian influence. Mm-hmm. So, what do we know about Slovenia? I think one of the first things we found out about Slovenia, both in terms of um, kind of our research when we first got there, is is as how how it mountains and forest. It's like a fairy tale. Like when you 
kind of read like Hansel and Gretel or you know those those kind of is it Hans Christian Andersen? Is that mm. right? Those fairy tales, it sounded like that. Mm. And I think we talked about it a lot um, in our previous podcast when we talked about Bled. I think Bled especially is it's just fairyland. It's it? beautiful. Mm. Yes, yeah, so if, if you've ever seen a picture of a church on an island in the middle of a lake, there's a good chance that that is going to be Bled. Um, if you go back to one of our previous episodes, one of our first episodes was about Bled, and the, there's a. Um, there's some kind. There's something about carrying your bride up the hundred steps. Does that sound right? It is. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked a lot about that, didn't we? In mm. terms of in terms of late blood. So going back to Slovenia as a whole, what do we what do we know about it? Well, I think. I mean, I can't remember actually if I knew before we went that it was it was it was part of the former Yugoslavia. I'm not sure I was very well. Mm-hmm. My geography wasn't so good, but we learned about that that it was. Um, it was yeah. It was one of the the first states um, in the um, in the Yugoslavian um, Republic, and also the first to leave. Uh, Slovenia was the first country to to declare independence um, from um, from the from Yugoslavia to split. I think it was in nineteen ninety one. Previous to that, like most countries in Central Europe, it's been occupied by pretty much everybody, um, from the Romans to the Byzantines to to I don't know probably the Germans at some point as well <laughs> Austro-Hungarian Empire, it's um yeah it's a small little country that that geographically is quite significant in Europe I guess it's a bit of a gateway isn't it between the West and in the East um and part of that was why it became a, a founding member of the the Republic of Yugoslavia from a, a defense perspective um and then as we said it, it became independent um, one of the first ones to to break away um and then I think we read something about the 10-day war was that the Slovenia I think so I think so all I really remember about that is that is that (laughs) this obviously might not be very historically accurate (laughs) but it was Serbia kind of starting a fight Mm. and Slovenia firmly telling them to back off Mm. in 10 days 10 to what sorry back off (laughs) they were um (coughs) yeah it's an interesting it's interesting the 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 if you, if you meet anyone from Slovenia, this is such a generalisation, but if you meet... We, well, the people we've met from Slovenia seem so laid back and gentle and um, sort of peace-loving, um, but they're not in any way... Like, d- what do they say? Don't f- don't mistake kindness with weakness. They mm. are a strong country, very proud country, and, um, and they're proudly Slovenian. Um, some of the music... When we've been to... Um, a c- we've been to a place called Maribor three years, four years running... Um, and uh, the music there is amazing. There's there'll be there'll, there'll be sort of brass bands and you know the what you hear the umpa lumpa sort of music. Is no, I don't mean umpa lumpa. What I mean, uh, um, I don't know. Is that the little orange men from Charlie no. Chaplin? <laughs> no, I mean the ones which go. They're not orange. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so it's so a country of first, though, isn't it? They're country. not afraid to Thank be. You to be yeah fiercely independent um so yeah i so said it was the first to break away from the yugoslavia um, it was the first former communist country to join the eurozone um and it's actually i think i guess a misconception of a lot of central and eastern europe is it's poor um but slovenia is is not a poor country no. it's 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 an advanced economy um it actually ranks number 12 on kind of the the happiness scale of countries which makes sense based on what we've seen um we have our second family 
um, third family, sorry, <laughs> your family, my family, and it's the third family. Yeah. Um, uh, we have them in, uh, in, in Maribor, and they're just, it's the ex-chief of police and his lovely, lovely wife, and they couldn't be more smiling, and they're amazing children, and um, they're just, they're, they're like almost the second they met us, they took us in. Um, we'll talk more about Igor later on, I'm sure. But sure we will. Okay, so we stayed in Bled for about two weeks, I think, if I remember. Um, just to refresh your memory, if you've not listened to the Bled episode, uh, Bled is in northwest Slovenia. Um, it's a resort town uh, in the foothills of the, uh, would it be the Julian? Julian? Bulli? Julian. Julian Alps. It's set along this, uh, this lake Bled, which is a glacial lake. Uh, one of the most impressive things around the lake is, the, apart from the, um, the, the fairy tale castle in the middle, which is actually a church, people get married, um, is the 11th century Bled Castle, which sits on a cliff overlooking um, overlooking the lake, um, which has got a museum, a chapel, and a, is it a printing press? Mm, yeah. What do they print? Stuff that needs to be printed, I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, the uh, Pilgrimage Church is the one we talked about, and it's right in the centre of the lake, and it is absolutely beautiful, and they've got some amazing... They, they have a, a particular boat that goes across there, like a style of boat, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, which is... Uh, there's something story about the ore or something, isn't there? I think we really failed to tell the story in the last podcast as well. Moving on then. So, why go? <laughs> I think as we said, it's just really pretty. I think it's, um, I mean, it's firmly tourist land, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You're going to pay a bit more for your meals and drinks and, um, yeah, but it's, it's, I think it's just one of those things you have to see. It's mm-hmm. incredible. It's, and particularly we went in autumn which I think just adds to the kind of the fairy tale mm. um, look to it all. Um, I think Slovenia is the best place in the world to be for autumn. I agree. So. I agree. It's got all of the beautiful colours that you get in the UK, but um, it's still relatively warm because it's basically on the med. Um, so autumn, you can uh, you can wake up to mist hanging over these beautiful alpine um, houses. Um, but then during the day it can burn off. It could be 25 degrees in October, and it's uh, it's such a great place to be. Yeah, and it's, it's you know it's pretty small, blood, isn't it? You're talking like a more of a village to town than anything mm. big. Um, there's a little over 8,000 people that live there, so it's it's quiet, it's country, it's rural. Um, yeah, great walks, great scenery, great food. Yes, and it's it's very much a a mixture, a fusion between. Italian and the former Yugoslavic, so you might have some Bosnian food with an Italian twist. Mm. There's a lot of truffles and pasta. And, um, and I thought the interesting thing about Slovenia, though, because we, we found that in Croatia, which we'll talk about, I think it's next episode, we'll talk about Croatia and the, the fusion food there, which is very much influenced by Italy. Um, I think the interesting thing, particularly in, in Blad, which is a bit further north, is there is that Austrian influence. Mm. Without a doubt, there's lots of um, schnitzel, schnitzel, sausages, mm-hmm. yeah, sauerkraut, and they're uh, they're big on beer as well. So they're big on beer, they're big on wine, particularly well anywhere in Slovenia. There's some amazing wines from Slovenia. It's one of those weird things where you you would never think to go in Tesco's to the Slovenian section and go and buy wines, but there's some incredible wines from Slovenia. And uh, something we'll we'll look back to very very shortly mm. about wine. So we went from Bled. Where do we go after that? Uh, so from Bled we went to Ljubljana, which is the capital and the largest city in Slovenia. 
Um, I mean, we, we say it's large, it's still pretty small. Mm. Um, 290,000 population. Um, so yeah, biggest in Slovenia, but still pretty small in comparison to the cities that that probably frequent travelers or people from the UK or America used to. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, the capital, it's the hub politically, culturally, education. Um, it's where everything, everything happens. It's pretty much bang in the center of the country as well, mm. isn't it? So if you're looking to spend a couple of weeks in Slovenia and have a base to travel from, they'll be honest, probably pretty good, pretty good show actually. Was it about an hour and twenty from Bled? Would you say? Yeah. Probably about two hours from the southern coast. Yeah, it's, Slovenia isn't isn't big. I mean, to put it in perspective, like Ljubljana is pretty much in the middle of the country, and you're talking about two hundred miles south of Munich, about one hundred and sixty miles east of Venice, and about two hundred and twenty miles south of Vienna. Um, so I guess for a base to explore the region, actually, it's a pretty good mm-hmm. good place too. Definitely. So why would you go? Why would you go? Well, that's difficult to answer because I've been. <laughs> it's um, uh, <coughs> as fairy tale as the as fairy tale as Bled is. Um, Ljubljana is almost the same in like you feels like you could be walking through the center um, four hundred years ago because they've got these beautiful mm. bridges across. Like like most European cities, there's a river goes through the middle of it, which is called <laughs> the Drava. Drava. Is it? I didn't think you'd know that. I, I don't I know. Think, it. I could think be it, it is. Nice. I don't know. I'm going to Google that while you keep talking. <laughs> so there's a river of the middle, and so there's lots of these bridges that that, that, that link both sides of the river across the, uh, um, using these bridges, and they've got sort of ornaments and monuments on the river. Um, you go along there in the wi- in the autumn, and there's lots of people selling um, roast chestnuts, um, which you can just smell from miles and miles away. Um, but then it's, so you've got the sort of the old-fashioned feel to it, but then you've got the, the really modern bars and restaurants, which particularly along the riverfront, uh, if you've ever been to any, any modern um, European city, for example, Barcelona, where you see any kind of waterfront bar, it's quite similar and they've got lots of outdoor space, they've got beautiful food. Um, do we have a result from Google for the... Yes, it's not the driver. <laughs> oh, I was I'm so impressed then. I know, it, I sounded quite convincing, did. didn't I? You should have left it at that. Yeah, well, yeah, but someone might fact check us and write an angry letter and we've not got time for that. <laughs> Who are um, they going to write a letter to? We <laughs> don't have an address. In my email. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called it's called the Lubyanica. Lobby, Lubyanica. Nice accent. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so that's the river that runs through Lubyana. Interesting fact with uh, with the J's in a lot of the former Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia countries, they are pronounced as an I. So this uh, this is written as Lujub Ljiana, but actually it's uh, Lubyana because it's pronounced as an I. Anyway. Digress. So we went there in October, November. It was autumnal, one of our favourite words. Mm. Highs of 16, lows of 7. Uh, we stayed in a lovely uh, apartment, about 20 minutes walk to town, which I think cost us. How much that cost us? 60, 70 euros for the night. It wasn't particularly cheap, but we only we only stayed a couple of nights, so you mm. always get better deals if you stay a bit longer, don't you? You run there in a short time. Fun story about uh, Ljubljana. We went to the airport. We had to fly back to the UK for Ooh. one of our families. Oh, we left the car there. We left the car, yeah. Oh, no, did so we fly? Oh, yeah, we did. We flew, we flew, flew back for a wedding. Flew back for a wedding. So uh, so we flew out just for a week, came back, or maybe even just a few, a bit less than a week. Um, anyway, we came back. It was quite late, and we, we came into the, uh, into the airport. Um, and um, 
and there was some taxis outside, but they were all sort of black Mercedes sort of taxis, weren't they? Mm, we should say that we'd, we'd parked at an airport park car park, right, yeah. which is maybe three miles, two, three miles from the airport. Mm-hmm. But we'd arrived too late to get the shuttle service right. back to the car park. This is why we need Leanne the podcast, because she gives you all the details I don't. Context. The context. <laughs> so we've come out and it's late. We've been to a wedding. We're still hungover. Come out about 10 o'clock at night. And uh, and uh, suddenly this this like quite scary looking Serb- uh, Slovenian man comes up and grabs our bags and puts them in the back of the nearest Mercedes. And we were we hadn't even told him where we were going yet. Anyway, so we said, well, he said, get in. And we were like, mm, maybe. <laughs> so we told him where we were going. We showed him the map and he's like, no, 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 no. That's no good. That's no good. Opened the boot and took our bags out and basically threw them on the, back onto the airport. Mm. Um, seeming he was quite angry, I think, because he, he wasn't going to get a 50 euro fare into the town. No. He was going to get like a three euro fare two miles away. Anyway, so, so we were a little bit worried about this, not quite sure what to do. And then this other guy came up um, who looked like he was in charge, big leather jacket. He looked like he was in Sopranos, didn't he? Yeah, he was scary. And he came up and he said, I will take you. And we were like, it's okay, we'll walk. And he's like, nope. And he grabbed one of our bags and walked off. So we were like, okay, well, let's just see how this goes. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we followed him into the car park, into the corner of the car park, into the corner of the car park where it's not even lit. And he, po- and he's, he popped the trunk on the... Popped the trunk. Oh, my American. And he opened the boot using his uh, remote. He opened the remote. The remote. Popped the trunk. Oh, don't take the mickey. I've been watching, <laughs> been watching <laughs> Ozark recently. I think, it's, uh, I think it's rubbing off. So he basically opened the boot and, uh, um, and uh, on this huge, big, like, 100,000-pound Mercedes. And we're like, oh, my God, we are going to die. To the point where I actually texted my friend mm-hmm. my location and said, we're just getting in a car. This is the registration. Sent a picture of the registration. And said... I'm sure everything's going to be fine, but if in 20 minutes I've not texted you, please call someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got in the back of this I car. I don't think you'd let me put my seatbelt on. No. I think you were like, nope. No, 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 no. I was convinced we were going to get taken and shot somewhere. Anyway, so he took us, uh, so he took us, he dr- started driving off. About three minutes later, arrived at our car um, and uh, opened the doors. Well, there you go, my friend. Out you go. There's mm-hmm. your car. How much is it? It's just three euros. It'll be fine or something. Was it five euros? That we gave him a hundred euros. I, think, I honestly think he said nothing. Really? And then we just gave him five euros. Yeah, we want to give him some more just to, as a thank you for not killing us. Mm. Um, but anyway, so if you're coming out of <laughs> Ljubljana Airport, just be aware that there may be some slightly scary looking people who are actually probably quite nice. Yeah. Although don't quote us on that and don't base Don't take unnecessary risks, kids. Moving on. <laughs> oh no, we've got more stuff to talk about in uh, Ljubljana, haven't we? Yeah, well, we had, we had, we weren't there long, but we did pack it in. So as we said, the um, the food in the food in Slovenia was great, um, and one of the places that we went to was the Union Pub and Brewery. So Union is to Slovenia what Carlsberg is to Copenhagen. Mm. It's the it's the national beer. Can you say flagship beer? You know how it's like flagship carriers. Yeah, why not? Is that a thing? You just said it. Yeah, so it's um it's it's the beer and it's pretty good actually. Um, so we went to the brewery, which is also a pub where they have everything on tap, um, including the beers they don't normally sell on tap. Um, we actually sat outside because we had the dog with us, so they are dog friendly, but you have to sit outside. But the um the outdoor heating is fairly advanced in Slovenia, isn't it? They're um they're all over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool. We had we had a couple of beers. We had a bit of food. Um, I think it was, do we have sausages and maybe some kind of pork? 
We also tried for the first time what we thought might have been mashed potato, but it was it was shredded horseradish, wasn't it? Oh yeah, fresh horseradish shredded, and that was amazing. If you like things slightly spicy, it's not as hot as you think. No. If you like things slightly spicy, that was great. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's a really good place to go, and I think especially if you're um, if you've just arrived, <coughs> and they'll be on as your first stop. It's probably quite a good place to go. That's fairly. It's not too intimidating. It's there's lots of tourists there, but there's also lots of locals there as well. And to go and try different different Slovenian beers, different foods, um, it's probably a good little introductory place to go, isn't it? Absolutely. Did you say it was the longest bar in Europe, or was it just Ljubljana? Oh, is it? I thought. I'm sure you said there was 20 beer taps, and it was the young longest bar in. Cool. Well, that's another reason to go, isn't it's it? Another reason, but it's, it's fantastic, and uh, and the people there, the English is uh, the English throughout Slovenia, in fact, throughout the Baltic Balkans, um, is is very widely spoken. And you'll find also that if you if someone say for example you go to a very traditional restaurant and they don't speak English, often there'll be other customers who will stand up and they will translate for you, and um, you know it's just a very very friendly place. Yeah, it's super super friendly. Super friendly. And in terms of other things to see, I mean, just I think like any of kind of European city, I think the best thing to do is just walk around it, take an hour, two hours and, and just walk around. Um, and I think, to be honest, for me, the things that I really kind of stick out is, as you said, it was the river and the bridges and they've got a couple of, um, you've probably seen it, if you have a, if you have an Instagram, Savini, you're probably going to see the Castle of Middleblood and you're going to see the, the, is it Dragon Bridge, where you just have the big green dragons on the end of end of the bridge mm-hmm. um but yeah it's lovely it's really nice i liked it so then we left there and we went north to a place called maribor um why did we go to maribor El? because <laughs> because leanne found it in the book and it said it's where it's like the wine center of slovenia i think it, it is and i think actually the the, the first reason we found it was because when we were sat in, in our house in Spain planning out our trip, do you remember we talked about doing the second city tour? Oh, yeah. Because we're from, we're from Manchester in the UK, and obviously it's, this, it's the second, arguably, it's the second city. Sorry, Birmingham people, it is. It is. Um, London's capital. And we kind of said that, you know, we always like second cities. So when we spent time somewhere, we actually enjoyed the slightly smaller city. So in Spain, we loved... Um, places like Seville and Granada and Malaga as opposed to Madrid, although Madrid is really cool as well. Mm. Um, so that's when we, we started looking. So we looked at the second city in um, Slovenia, which is Maribor, and then it just happened to say it was basically the the heart of wine country. It's like sold. And it really is. There's a um <coughs> there's like a little castle at the top of a hill that you really take the dog round. Um, and they grow the vines. I mean, you couldn't do it in the UK because some will go and pee on them or rip them down or something. But eat them. Or eat them. <laughs> but they've just got these vines literally in public places where they um, where they make this amazing wine. And uh, yes, it's, it's, it's an incredible place. Um, so we've been every single year since 2007. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. So we've been every single year and probably will be for the rest of our lives. Probably. Um, because for a couple of reasons. First of all, well, three reasons. First of all, because it's beautiful and it is a great place and people are so friendly. Yes. Secondly, because they have something called a San Martin Day. What's yeah. San Martin Day, Leanne? We'll talk about that in a little more detail. Right, okay. And, uh, <laughs> um, and thirdly, because of our friends there. Um, we've got our Slovenian family we've talked about. Um, and, uh, um, and they are amazing people and they look after us. But we've also got our friend Igor there 
um, and Igor is, if you're listening, Igor, hello. Um, Igor's amazing. Um, he is a pianist. He's an artist. Uh, I said pianist. He's an artist. Um, he is um, also one of those people who, I mean, he's he's a little bit older than us, and he's one of those people who, when you first meet, you're like, well, I'm not sure whether he likes Well, I think us. we should talk about our first meeting with okay, Igor, actually. Tell the story. I think we should. Um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of finish off the overview of Maribor, it's... it's it's a second city, but it's really small. It's there's only nine four thousand people there. Um, it's it's really it's really quite small, isn't it? You can probably walk around it in an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but with being the second city, it's also a lot cheaper. So we paid um, about forty euros a night. Um, we've stayed in different places, uh, but the same guy actually. We should maybe mm-hmm. put his um, details on the show notes yeah, because definitely. he is a brilliant host. Yeah. Uh, Tim, yeah, hi Tim. Um, he puts up in an apartment a little bit out of town, and another one which kind of a in top lover house, uh, which is right in the middle, which was a brilliant location. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about Igor. So back to the wine. So in uh, <coughs> it also has the oldest vine in Europe, um, which grows outside of the wine museum, uh, which is where we met Igor. It is. So h- how did it happen? So as Al said, they have the they have the San Martin Festival there every year on the 11th of November, and it starts at 11 minutes past 11. Um, and the reason for that is that the the Mariborians, is that what you call them, mm-hmm. uh, believe that at um, 11 minutes past 11 on the 11th of November, uh, Muscat, is that right? No, it turns into Musk. wine. Um, there's a word for st- for things that become. If you're probably shouting at your into your headphones now. There's a word that in Spanish was must must something. We'll put it in the show notes. But there's a particular word for for wine where it's just still fermenting and then it suddenly turns into wine. And so the civilians don't really believe it's that it happens at eleven eleven on the eleventh. But it's just a really significant point where it says right from ten past eleven it's undrinkable. Eleven minutes past eleven it's drinkable. Mm-hmm. So this festival, it's, it's, it happens on the 11th, but there's usually events that run up to it the week before. Um, and one of those events was a wine duel, uh, which was held at the Old Vine House, which is what the, um, the oldest great wine in the world grows from. Um, so we went, and it was a duel between uh, Slovenian wine and Macedonian wine. Mm, mm. Um, so we went in, we hadn't bought tickets. Um, and there was a lady on the desk who very kindly said that we could join um, and put us on a, on a table for two, kind of on the outskirts of the, the party. Mm. Um, and then just before it, it all kind of started, she um, suggested that we move to a table, um, uh, share a table with um, an elder gentleman um, who was very, very grumpy looking. <laughs> a bit scary. We were like, uh, we're all right here, it's fine. No. She clearly wants to give the table to someone else who was a bit more important than us. Mm. So we sat down next to what, what is we now know as like Igor, and he looked at us, and he, and he looked at us to basically say, why are you here ruining my evening? I don't mm. want to talk to you. Um, so we kept ourselves to ourselves the first 10, 15 minutes, but conversation started about the wines, as it always does after you have a couple of glasses of wine. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, he, and he asked us where we're from. Now, we normally would say we're from the United Kingdom, but in this particular s- case, I think... No, he he prompted it. So he he it? said he said where are you from, and I think we said the U- the UK, and then he asked us if we had any Celtic in us, mm. um, which we do. We oh. have lots of it. Um, 
so yeah, so we explained that that Al's mum is is Scottish, mm. um, and my family heritage is Irish, and I grew up in Wales. Um, and from that point on, he just switched, didn't he? Like that, mm. it was like all of a sudden, different guy. Okay. So I guess he doesn't like the English. I'm guessing he doesn't. So <laughs> maybe don't maybe don't go and see Igor if you're English. <laughs> uh, but he was, uh, yeah, and he was so hospitable and he was explaining to us about the wines. And at the end of it, he said to us, what do you think about the wines? And we said, um, who won? And I think we said Macedonia won. Yeah, we did. We should have known better than that. Oh, it's the wrong we answer. We were just honest, but yeah. And he said, right, you're wrong. Meet me here at midday tomorrow. And we were like, again, back to the airport problem. We thought we were going to get shot by the uh, Maribor Mafia. Um, but we, or we just wouldn't turn up. <coughs> Well, yeah, but we, we did turn up. Or he wouldn't turn up, I oh, mean. Oh, oh, yeah, that was it. So we did think that he wouldn't turn up. Mm. But we turned up at 12 and... He was waiting for us. So the old, the old, um, the old wine house, I guess, is um, it's, it's obviously a very old building because it's got the vine growing on it, um, which I think is, is like, is it like, I can't remember, 800 years old, maybe 900? At least, yeah. Pretty old. Um so it's been beautifully restored and it's now a museum and an event centre and that also sells lots and lots of Slovenian wines that you can go in and taste. So I think most people can just go in and, and, and taste some wines that they'll suggest and, and you pay by the glass, don't you, for, mm -hmm. or for a tasting glass. Um, but Igor is very well connected in this place. Do you want to tell? Do you want to tell them why? Because there's a um, there's a big tapestry. Like I, that's probably not the right word. What's the word when it's on the floor and they make it out of tiles, like a mosaic? mosaic. Yeah, big mosaic on the floor that runs maybe ten meters from the entrance all the way through to the tasting room. Um, and he was the one who designed it and he put it in and he basically um, he constructed it using all these little um, little chippings of tiles. Mm. Took um, him months and months. Yeah. So he's very well connected in there. Mm -hmm. So. We we went to the bar. There's no sitting down. We stood at this tiny little bar, about three foot wide, three foot long. Yeah, if the Union Bar in Ljubljana is the longest in Slovenia, this might well be the <laughs> shortest. <laughs> and the first thing he said, he didn't ask us what we liked. He didn't ask us what we wanted. He just went, "Good morning, drink this." And he was very stern again. Mm. Very stern. Been reset. Mm. I want to call it the Igor reset. Confirm so. <laughs> Every time we've met Igor, like for the first twenty minutes, he's a bit like. Why are you here again? Why are you ruining my life? And then, uh, and then you see a little cracker smile on his face. And then from that on point forward, he's the loveliest man you're ever going to meet. Mm -hmm. So he started pouring us some wine, and that didn't stop for about three hours, did it? Do you know? I think it was only an hour. I think oh we God. just packed it, hours. packed it in. But the great thing about Eagle within being connected is you weren't limited to the wines that they typically mm. give you to taste. Oh, I guess he had the knowledge to get them to open the ones that that he thought we should taste and mm. were good. So I think we must have tried 12 wines. And we're all. not talking like 25 milliliters. We're talking probably 100 milliliters yeah. per. So, yeah, that's like almost two bottles of wine in about... Well, it felt like three hours, but maybe it was only what, an hour. And based on the fact that we'd also been out the night before drinking Macedonian and Slovenian wine. Mm. So suffice to say that by three o'clock we were back in bed, I think. Yeah, I think it was an early night, that one. Um, but the brilliant thing is, is that whether you've got an eagle with you or not, um, they're super friendly there and mm. they'll happily talk you through in perfect English mm -hmm. uh, the different regions of Slovenia, the different wines, um, and sample them. 
Um, I'm not sure Igor has ever actually let us pay. We've done it a couple of times since, haven't we? I'm not sure he's ever let us pay for it, but yeah. I think I remember seeing it was a, it was about 15, 20 euros to taste six wines. That sound about right? That sounds about right. It's not expensive. And they're not shy with the with the measures either. No, they're not. And <coughs> these are some of the best some of the best wines you're gonna try. If you ever go there mm. then look for something called like a like M, I think it's called. Is it M? Yes. They do an M extreme, which is a Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. And then they've got different types of M's that they've got a sh- not a shame. I can't think of the other ones. They've got um they've got a really unusual sweet one as well. That's um what's the ice wine? Is it that? Yeah, it could be ice wine. Or is it the noble rock one? We should really know about these things. The amount of wine we've drunk, we should know about these things. I thought you did, that's why I asked. It's a little bit awkward now. Yeah. I'm standing here. Not knowing what I'm going to say, so I'm going to move it on. <laughs> so I think it's important. Let's let's talk about wine. Yeah, let's talk about wine. Um, so then the San Martin Festival. So this mm. this led up to this. Um, so when it was actually this um, this morning, wasn't it, that we found out about San Martin, the actual mm. day itself. That morning of the yeah, um, an eagle basically because we were meant to leave on the the day of it, mm-hmm. and he basically told us not to be ridiculous and. We can't not stay. Um, and he was telling us about how it's, it's bigger than, and this is what Igor told us, um, but it's bigger than New Year's Eve. It's a big old street party that starts at, at 11 and finishes in the early hours. Um, and we can't possibly not go. Um, so we agreed. So we went. And um, and how would you describe it, Al? It's, um, I guess if anyone's been to Spain and been to the furriers there, mm-hmm. it's not too dissimilar. Yeah, I suppose it's it's like a Glastonbury for wine, but without quite so much good music. I was going to say peeing on, uh, in <laughs> in the tents, but <laughs> uh, um, well, no. what, so to just to give you a little bit of a description. So um, it's a huge square. Down each side of the square, there are tiny little sort of tents, maybe about uh, well, sort of kiosks, but like tents. Not market stalls. Market stalls, and they're maybe about four foot across. And there's probably going to be about 50 of them there. Yeah. And each one is from a different wine grower in the area. And there are a few who are um, um, who are like national companies. Um, but most of them are just little mini wineries who just make great wine. And you go across there and, and you can say, can I taste this? They go, of course they can. Of course you can. They'll pour a little bit of wine. You can taste it. Um, and if you like it, you can buy a glass. And generally you're talking about a euro to three euros per like 175, 250. Yeah, you have to, you get a, you get like a, you buy a cup, don't you? Like your plastic mm. cup. Um, and then go around with that. And then there's food stalls, uh, which is very traditional Slovenian food, um, which kind of goes, which kind of goes off. I guess you've got this big square and then there's, there's a road that will kind of go off one of the sides of the squares mm. um, with all the food stalls on. Um, and then there's a big stage with lots of music. And it's such a, it, it was, it was what the word eclectic was made for invented for because mm. you'll start off with um it's a very traditional what i described before as umpa lumpa music which is clearly not the right term for it but <laughs> so brass band sort of like um very germanic sort of music and then you'll go then within five minutes we've got like uh we've got a guy with a a, a, a lime green mohawk climbing the the riggings. yeah doing covers of bohemian rhapsody and um, and then it goes to choirs, and then it goes to old men with cellos, and it is just 
the most crazy, amazing experience mm. ever. It is brilliant. If you go, one thing to look out for is after the um, they declare that the festival open at 11 minutes past 11, the, what's he called? Like the chief wine I call him Tashu Man because he's got an amazing moustache, but. He's the guy who is who who's the only guy to pick and and make wine from the grapes from the oldest vine, isn't he? He's mm. that guy, and he goes round all of the. He has a big barrel on a trolley, and he's very fancily dressed, and he goes around each of the stands that have come to the festival, and asks them for a bottle of wine, which he then pours into this big barrel. I guess as some kind of symbol that the wine is now ready so mm. we all drink it the token of i don't know and he takes up on stage and he pours the first glass and yeah and i'm not sure whether he drinks probably quite it. nasty actually <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see what he looks like have a look at the show notes because there's a picture of um us with him or maybe just me with him maybe you took the picture yeah he's dapper um he is he, yeah good hat very good <laughs> he's a man who can wear a hat <coughs> so if you don't go there in November, then number one, you're a fool. But number two, you should probably check out a couple of the things in the area. So one of our favorites uh, is, sounds like you shouldn't go, but it's amazing you should. It's called Jack and Joe Steak and Burger Club. Um, and it's kind of like a Slovenian twist on burgers and steaks. Um, yeah, it's like a, just a proper like gastro pubby kind of thing, isn't it really? More American themed, but, but it's good. Real Normally food. we'd be like, oh, we go kind of burger joints. Only because like, if you're going out for dinner, you feel like you want something a bit more authentic mm. or a bit more... Um, but it got recommended to us by pretty much everyone we asked. We always ask people, don't we, when mm. we're, we're out and about having a coffee, like where they'd recommend, and, and this one kept coming up, so we went. Um, and yeah, great burgers, good steaks. Great wine. They also have a pair of schnapps there, which you should definitely get. Mm-hmm. They've got a little melon baller. They use Slo- that to make Oh, yeah, and Slovici. Or is it pear Slovici? I think so. Is Slovici not plum? Well, it's the pear equivalent then. Pear. So, pear of lychee. <laughs> pear brandy. Anyway, you should go. They are lovely people and yeah. um, uh, great selection of wine. Definitely go there. Talking of traditional, if you do want traditional, then there is one of our favourite places in the centre of town. Yes. What's that called? Um, it's called Baskarcia. Is that how you say it? Baskasia, it's a Bosnian oh, restaurant actually, um, which is yeah. I guess I guess there is a lot of there's a crossover, isn't there, in terms of the food mm. of the former Yugoslavia? Um, but yeah, but one of the the main ones that that we fell in love with was chivapi, which is like a small small kebab, usually made with a mix of of beef, pork, lamb in any combination, mm. um, spiced with cumin and paprika. Um, and it's basically like like a really good... like You know when you've had a couple of drinks and you get a kebab on the way home? Like a shish kebab. Yeah. Mm. And you think that's the best thing you've ever tasted. Mm-hmm. It's that, but sober. Because mm. it's not particularly greasy either. No, it's lovely. It's really lean. Uh, Leanne makes a great version of it. She can make it at home. And uh, she started putting baking powder in it. Is that right? Well, apparently that's what they do. The, the secret to it is in your mince mix is you put a teaspoon of baking powder in a little bit of water and you put it in and it helps it puff up. So it's like cloudy and soft rather than like a chewy mince. It is definitely worth going. So Chivapi, it's spelled Mm. C-V-A-P-I and that's the one thing you need to find if you go to Bosnia or any of the uh, former 
Yugoslavia. Chivapi is amazing. But this place called, was called Baskasia. Uh, it'll be in the show notes, and um, it is definitely somewhere where you should go. Was there anywhere else we went in uh, in Maribor? Um, well, we did. We did go to the place we um, with our Slovenian family mm. uh, that we did meet through Igor. Um, mm. So yeah, he was he's our gateway friend, um, and we met them. <laughs> How did we first meet them? Oh, they invited around for dinner. So Igor is a really interesting guy. So he's an artist. Um, and he's a pianist, and he was playing at a bar called P. Um, uh, uh, Je regret Rianne, what's she called? Edith Pilaf? Pilaf. Or is it Pilar? Is that, which is the rice, which is the French singer? Mm-hmm. Anyway. But it's a great bar. Again, mm-hmm. we'll, put it, we'll put it in the show notes. And he plays there actually every Thursday, if you want to go down and, mm-hmm. and meet Olga, Igor, tell him Leanne and I sent you, and I'm sure he'll... Pretend to be interested, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we um, we went there to see him play with some of his his friends, um, who then invited us to dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out this friend is the the old chief of police of Maribor. Um, so yeah, we're sat there having dinner, and then there's a knock on the door, and it's their son Primosh who's come to say hello and to meet us. Um, they're just the most friendly people in the mm-hmm. world. And one thing that Primosh said to us is that he lives in a house that's kind of on the the border of a national park, so lots of people will walk through it and camp. And he said it was actually a British couple that had camped basically at the bottom of his garden. Um, and it was really bad weather and raining, so he went out to ask them if he'd like, like to come in for a hot drink and some food, and they obviously thought he was a psychopath, serial killer, so <laughs> said, no thanks. Um, and he said to us, I just don't understand it, we just want to be hospitable and, mm-hmm. and share. So um, if you ever get an offer like that in Slovenia again, take your own risks. You know, due diligence, but say yes. Yeah. Um, we said yes to going to dinner with him, even though we're really worried about it. We said yes to going to dinner with him. And, and then we got invited to pretty much his 40th birthday yeah, the next oh year. Oh, my God, that was amazing. Well, um, we thought it was yeah. one of those one of those parties, that like, like in a town hall. Um, but it wasn't. It was just an old sort of like, kind of like a scout hut right out in the, in the sticks. Yeah, it was like when you get like, your church <coughs> halls. And everything was all paid for. Um, there was someone behind the bar. There was big like kegs of beer you're going to help yourself to. and Dancing. And, and then at midnight, this traditional dancing. Do you remember what it's called? No. It's a traditional um, like dance tribe. And they, they wear these massive costumes. Like, they must be like eight feet tall. Taller. Ten mm-hmm. feet tall. Mm-hmm. With them on. And they come and they do this, this dance at midnight to celebrate Primosh's birthday and then obviously because we're like this is the coolest thing we've ever seen mm. um, start talking to them and, and while I'm just having a chit chat the next thing I look around and I'll, st- I'll put his leg in one of the costumes <laughs> <laughs> and these masks are, they said they're sort of like 30 kilos these masks and then they're hundreds of pounds to make and they're individually shaped for each each dancer I suppose it's I don't want to say it's like the Slovenian Morris dancing because that's got a slightly negative connotation in the UK, but it's a very traditional dance that's supposed to ward off evil, evil spirits mm-hmm. and, and introduce spring. Um, and uh, yeah, they got and there's bells on them, and they got uh, they they put the big mask on my big fat head, managed to squeeze it down, and then I wore this huge coat, and the whole thing was probably about sixty kilos, the whole costume. Um, and in fact, there's probably a video in the show notes of, uh, of yeah. me jumping up and down and making the bell ring because they have bells on the, on the waist, don't they? So you jump mm-hmm. up and down and. Yeah, you would off the spirits. It's cool, but that's the, that, I think that's the thing. There's 
there are so many people who want to talk to you and share their culture mm -hmm. and and have you experience it with them. Um, Slovenia is not the place to go and be shy. No. Like you just have to talk to people, get involved because you will have, I don't think it's unique to us to have an experience like that. My feeling no. is that if you put yourself in the right, in the right situation and, and start a conversation, you'll probably end up in a, having a similar time. Absolutely. Just to summarize, we originally talked about bled. Um, and uh, and the church in the middle and a beautiful like a ver it all be a little bit touristy yeah um, but definitely worth a go and that's in the north then we came down to the center and we went to Ljubljana one of the most beautiful capitals you're going to find very um, Austro-Hungarian yeah um, it, you could be you could be in Vienna you you could be it is like a mini Vienna actually yeah. mini 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 Vienna but yeah, yeah beautiful. Um, there's some great food in there, very modern bars, uh, there's clubs, there's a great restaurant that we'll put, try and put in the show notes to remember because I don't remember what it was, but we had um, some of the best truffles we've had ever, I think, there. Yeah. And yeah. then we went up to the north again and we went past Bled and all the way to Maribor, which is only about eight or nine kilometers from the Austrian border. And there we enjoyed a lot of wine. We met our Slovenian family and we met Igor the nicest, grumpiest man you're ever going to meet. Okay, so where are we going to be next week, Leanne? So next week, we head a little a little hop a little bit further east and go to Croatia. Exciting. And so we've been to a couple of places in Croatia. We'll tell you about those again. But if you've been to Croatia, then as a tourist, there's a good chance you've that we're going to be talking about places you've not been. Um, because these are places that we randomly found out of on Airbnb, I think. Yeah. So very cool. Okay, so all the show notes should be at travelers.com. Have a look for the uh, podcast section and you'll see the show notes there. Is there anything else we need to tell everyone? I don't think so. Cool. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Travelers Podcast. Thanks for listening and head on over to travelers.com for all the show notes and links mentioned in the show.